This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Welcome to Disruptive CEO Nation, where company founders, entrepreneurs, and cutting-edge thinkers drop in from around the globe to share startup stories, insider insights, and hard-earned success lessons. Now, here's your host, a woman who mastered business by placing heels on the ground all over the world, having worked with and coached CEOs and senior leaders from over 90 countries, and who wants you to build your best business future, Allison K. Summers. We always appreciate when you take time to join us at Disruptive CEO Nation. Our guest today is a serial entrepreneur, philanthropist, and venture capitalist. He is in the tech space and the health space, and he's even started companies that have expanded to have a presence in over 150 countries. So we're so excited to speak with him. So we have Ashif Maji with us, and if you could... Tell everybody a little bit more about who you are and what fantastic things you deliver to the world. Well, first of all, thank you for having me today. Um, you know, my, my background is is in tech, and I've been a serial entrepreneur serial entrepreneur for a long time. My uh, first business, you know, I wouldn't call it a real business, but my first uh, foray into entrepreneurship was I think when I was seven or eight years old. Uh, I used to make mixtapes and sell them in school. And then I used to sell aftershave to all the boys and stuff like that. And uh, and then I started my first real business probably when I was about 10, 11 in that range. Uh, I used to do, uh, you know, pure farmer's markets, right? So I'd go to a farmer's market, get a booth on the weekend uh, and sell watches on consignment. I'd get them on consignment, sell them there. And uh, I love watches. I, I love making money. Uh, I love entrepreneurship. So that's how I've been a, you know, I'm talking to you in Edmonton, Canada. So were you like hustling people in the hallways at school in Canada or were you someplace else? No, I was born in Kenya. So this is back in, uh, well, I was born in Mombasa uh, and then I moved to Nairobi in 82 and I moved to Canada in 87. So all along, and you know, my parents always said, you can have anything you want. You just got to pay for it. And uh, so that, that was yeah, great motivation. <laughs> well, I love I love those little tidbits of your, of your back history versus just the dry things about building your ledger sheets. But we do want to talk to you today about trends in business. So we have a couple areas I want to go through with you, uh, but I really want to hear what's exciting you because I know when we look at things like the health tech space and you know, like three 3D printing of skins and, and other things. What's exciting you today in terms of disruptions in, in business and in tech? There's quite a few things. I mean, you know, artificial intelligence, machine learning has always been, I shouldn't say always, but, you know, for the last five, six years has been an amazing uh, thing that the world has embraced, right? They've seen the power of it. Uh, and AI and ML go really far, but they get limited by computing power. And so when you start seeing quantum computing coming to the point where I think it's going to be mainstream, it's going to be like, you know, me having a normal laptop, I, you know, very soon I'll have a normal 
uh, quantum computing in it. You know, even if it's in the cloud, I'll have ability to access that. That part with artificial intelligence and machine learning goes a super long way, especially when you start looking at visual AI and, you know, the ability to detect mm-hmm. cancer through radiology scans, right? In an instant where right after you take off your gown, you go in for your scan, you take off your gown, you come back to the doctor, he or she will have everything done for you, tell you exactly the outcome and, and, and tell you how they are going to treat that and what, what level of efficacy will that treatment have. All that will happen right after you take off your gown. That's, that's, that's what excites me. That is really exciting. And, and I think with that, you know, you talked about your childhood and, and where you came from. And I think what excites me is, yes, as with all technologies, they're only available in a, to a certain segment of the population initially. But think about how this type of technology is going to transform healthcare in underdeveloped nations. I get really excited when I think about the technology and like the footprint that it takes to do the same thing, because you could never take big machinery to rural places. But when the technology catches up and it could be smaller devices, it changes the world for humankind. Um, any other companies, any other things that are exciting you lately? You, I know as a venture capitalist, you invest in a lot of different things. Yeah, you know, so, so technology is, is one thing, but then what I also like is the social good. But I see, and especially this generation is very keen on, I can make money, I can grow my career, I can do all the wonderful things. That's not enough. I want to make an impact on the world. And so there's a very concerted focus on whatever I do. Yes, I want to make money. I want to, you know, better my career, but I want to make sure I'm leaving the world in a better place than I found it. And so that drive for social impact, seems to be corpse, et cetera, coupled with all the technological innovations will propel us to the, you know, to, to your point, we'll have these devices everywhere, including in rural Africa right? Mm-hmm. Where it's most needed. You'll, we'll have that everywhere. So I happen to know, as you said, I'm, I'm going to tease you a little bit here. So for our listeners, if you go take a look at his LinkedIn profile, when we say that you have a heart for philanthropy and a, far, a heart for charity, we are not kidding. And, and your LinkedIn profile might be one of the longest I've ever seen because of all of your, the entries of the types of organizations that you work with. So just to go off topic for a second, give our listeners an example of the type of charitable organizations you align with. Well, you know, it's interesting. So I love to learn and I learn by doing, by being in there. I'm not, I'm not a great learner by reading, right? So I like, I like to immerse myself. And so if I want to learn about something new, be it arts, you know, be it sports, et cetera, I find if I immerse myself into that, field, I learn a lot more. Mm-hmm. And so how can I learn and give back and do good? And so I try and associate myself with, you know, with, with foundations that do work in that. So a good example is the Sarah McLaughlin School of Music. I'm not a musician. I mean, I play the keyboard, but I'm horrible at it. Um, you know, I, I never learned to read music. I went to a concert. It was, it was a fundraiser at her back in Sarah McLaughlin's backyard. And they had all these artists and I had no idea who these were, but these are people from the Eagles like Don Henley and people that, you know, you would know. Uh, I had no idea, you know, who they were. Uh, but the kids, when they performed and they talked about their story and how music had made such a difference, that told me 
the importance of music with youth and especially disadvantaged youth. And so I got into that foundation, you know, convinced Sarah to open the school in Edmonton and all that stuff. And, uh, and yeah, so, you know, I like to, I like to learn about different things. So same with law enforcement, I'm the Edmonton Police Foundation, chair of that. Uh, with the Telus Friendly Future Foundation, uh, which is an amazing, you know, corporate-based philanthropic organization. So love to, again, diversify and give back where I can. Well, and that leads me to, I know that you are launching a new social impact fund. Tell us about it. Tell us about this new venture. Yeah. So, you know, we, we've launched a new accelerator. It's called the Community Safety and Wellness Accelerator. And the, and the why behind that is, Every city, like I've been in Edmonton for a long time, but one, you know, one of my companies, we're in 180 countries. So I've, I've visited a lot of countries and everything, every city I go to, there's a very common problem. And that is, mm-hmm. you know, the same problems around poverty, homelessness, addictions, et cetera. And everywhere I've looked, you know, we, we try and do the same things. We put more money, more resources, but yet we don't get the outcomes we want. So what's missing in my this is my viewpoint, we're missing entrepreneurship. We're missing innovation because we're applying the same, more of the same to the same problem. Well, what are you going to get? You're going to get the same answer, right? If you do the same things over and over, you're not going to get anything different. What we've done is we're launching the accelerator that brings in entrepreneurs that don't work in that field, but we're going to give them this problem statement. We're going to give them all the data and give them the community agencies, the domain experts, their first paying customer, all that stuff and funding and allow them to finally help solve these community problems. Along with them, along with that rather, comes a new social impact fund. I'm expecting a strong financial return. I'm, I'm invested about 11 funds now. I expect financial returns. To me, funds have to do more than that. So financial return is table stakes. Mm-hmm. I want a social impact, and that's what this new fund is about. Well, and I think what you say is correct. I, I was interviewing somebody the other day, And he has a company that on the surface, you would say, oh, this must be a nonprofit. And he's very clear. He's like, look, we're not a nonprofit. And this is the reason why is it's because we believe that we are driven to do better work when there's a benefit for everybody that's doing the work. And so for me, this idea of these social impact funds, um, social good companies, B Corp companies are, are critical to society and what you said about addressing root causes, you know, creating systemic change. It's not just a bandaid and it's not just a handout. Those things are, you know, it's necessary to do the handouts to help people at their point of need, but it's the bigger change. Is this for, is this fund starting off to be really focused in Canada? Is it in, in, in a certain area or how are you planning on it originally starting and scaling? It's it's gonna the 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 clients the, the the companies that we'll invest in can be from anywhere in the world. Okay. Anywhere in the in any discipline. Key things are they need to be for profit. They need to have a very strong ability to provide a financial return. On top of that, they need to have a demonstrable and measurable way of showing the social impact that they're affecting. The final element is there has to be either an existing or a plan to come and deliver that to Canada as well. So they could be in Europe, okay? Mm-hmm. But if they can demonstrate that they have a plan in year three, they want to be in Canada, fair enough, we can invest in them. Fantastic, good to know. You've, you've kind of segued into what my next question was, because as a venture cap- capitalist, as a business owner and operator, 
what is it that, which you kind of somewhat answered, but give us a little additional insight into what is it for you when you get a pitch or when you look at a company that makes you say, yes, I'm in. And, and for you, is it, is it rather instantaneous or is it a, a slow process to get you there? It depends. Um, if you hit all my check marks in the first pitch, it's an instant yes. And, and I'll tell you, I'm very non-traditional. Um, I like uh, pitch decks that are non-traditional. So to me, you know, I look at it as, you know, when I go into a negotiation, I already have my negative points. I, I've thought about, you know, the, you know my, my yeah buts. Okay. Mm-hmm. And if you address my yeah buts in your first three slides, you're so like I, you sold, right? Because you, if you've pre-thought of all the negative things that I'm going to ask, right? Competition, all that stuff, and, and really address how you're going to solve that, then I know that you've thought that through, right? So to me, that's, that's a key thing. Second thing is obviously, you know, you hear this about the team, right? But I actually ask the entrepreneurs, you know, some leading questions. And really what I'm trying to get at is, what is their why? Why are they doing this, right? Are they chasing it because, you know, it's the next fad that they've heard of? It's, you know, NFTs or, or crypto or whatever. Or is it because they're really, really, really passionate about it and they want to do something about it, right? So I really need to get an assessment of how passionate they are because I know all the problems they're going to face, and will they wake up that day when everything, the world is falling over and they wake up with a smile and say, I want to go into work and get this done, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I'm looking for. And what about your relationship with the companies that you're in, investing in? Do you have some that it's it's more of a distant relationship? Do you have others that you really partner as a, as a mentor and an advisor yeah, you know, it's, again, to, to me, it's in a, and I wear my entrepreneur hat when I'm investing, because as an entrepreneur, I want the right money, and I want money from investors that can help me, right? Whether it's opening doors, connections, advice, et cetera, et cetera. So when I invest, I only invest in companies that I feel I can have a meaningful impact in, right? There's been companies where I've been given a certain allotment, and I will take less, even though the company is. You know, there's no such thing as a sure thing, but this is as sure mm-hmm. as it get. And I will reduce my take. And the founder will be like, I don't understand. What didn't you like? I said, no, it's actually, I liked it a lot, but I'm going to give up some of my room so you can get somebody else like me or better than me, more importantly, that can help you because that's how you'll succeed. So try and do that. And so, you know, to me, it's, I need to be able to add value to the company. Well, very nice. I, I appreciate those sentiments. And I certainly appreciate the get over the yeah buts and, and the first three slides, because I, I think you're right. Two pe- a lot of everybody comes out and says, this is, my, this is my company. This is why it's so awesome. This is why it's so great. But, but they're not selling to you as a client. They're selling to you as, as you said, an, an investor of what, what's my what's my return, what's the growth potential, all of these these other things. I'm going to flip and you've worked with so many different entrepreneurs. And I also want to give a shout out because um, you are also working with the rising tide fund managers, as well as so many other projects. And you do see so many entrepreneurs come through separate from choosing to invest or not invest. What would you say are some of the traits that you feel really like this is this is a winning leadership here from this entrepreneur that um, that you can say, yeah, they're going to be successful as much no, as a sure thing can be. 
Right. No, so, so, you know, some of the, the, the basics are the basics in terms of, you know, total, total addressable market and all that wonderful stuff. That, that's table stakes. We look for entrepreneurs that are coachable. Okay. And coachable doesn't mean you agree with me. Coachable means you're willing to listen to me, right? And, and come mm-hmm. back. And, and, and if I'm wrong or you think I'm wrong, tell me I'm wrong and tell me why. So that's coachability. The second thing is we look for those that, you know, will, will go out of their way to hire people smarter than themselves. Right. So they don't feel that they know everything and, you know, their ego isn't is in check. Right. So we're really looking for those that if we see that the leadership team behind the CEO is smarter than the CEO and, and more well equipped, it's, it's a very good sign. It just shows that that CEO is, is vulnerable and he or she is willing to bring in the very best. doesn't matter to the point where they, that other person they brought in replaced them as a CEO. So those are some of the key traits we look for. Yeah, and and it's it's so hard. And I I think with again, I've I've talked to so many entrepreneurs and, and I've been in business so long myself that it's you know, we know, but the but young entrepreneurs don't necessarily know that just because you're a wonderful creator, company creator, doesn't mean you are the best long-term CEO for that that company or that that business, nor does it mean you'll be you'll be happy. And so I always appreciate when you talk to an entrepreneur who's been over that kind of journey hump where they've said, I had to hire a CEO and I needed to go be a creator of something else. I, I can be a part of my company, but not be the day to day. And, um, and so that idea of having somebody that has the coachable, willing to listen and, have that growth mindset, but willing to hire, you know, put themselves out of a job is, is a really, a really great one. Um, I just have to ask you what kinds of, you said you are not a big reader. You're big by, um, by doing and interacting with people. Where else do you go uh, to keep your network fresh? Because again, when you're looking at investing in technologies and looking for that next new thing, what are some of the networks um, that you are, cir- you know, circulating in? Yeah, you know, I've been, I've been fortunate to be, you know, involved with amazing organizations. So the Young Presidents Organization, YPO, is one of them where, you know, we have a, a vast global network and it's leaders in every space, right, of all different sizes of companies. And they have a deal network in there. So great deal from there. Um, you know, you can kind of brainstorm. You can actually find out. You know, if there's somebody, if I've got a pitch for uh, the restaurant industry, I have a whole network in YPO. And I can go and say to them, is this a problem for you? Are you facing this? And I, I'll get it right there. Within 24 hours, I get a full assessment of that problem, right? So that's a great network. Uh, I belong to the Henry Crown Fellowship, which is part mm-hmm. of the ASP Global Leadership Network. And again, you know, a great, great, great group of people all around the world, all wanting to do social good. So again, you know, I can reach out to that network. And again, within 24 hours, I get a response. I get an engaged group. I can discuss it. So those are the different networks that I use quite often. Um, and then just belonging to different industry associations and so forth. And, you know, when I say I don't read, I don't read books. Uh, I'll read articles. I'll listen to podcasts. It's got to be in bite-sized chunks. I, you know, mm-hmm. not diagnosed, but I'm pretty sure I have ADD. So I have a certain <laughs> attention span that I want, right? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's just like I, like I don't schedule Zoom calls for more than 30 minutes because I know I can't stay, I can't stay attentive more than that. 
Well, I'm just, I'm laughing because I'm, I'm very, I think a lot of us are like you, right? I consume so much um, on my computer. I, you know, like you have the magazines or, or like to read like research papers. I have all these books and I, I scan the books, but I have so many books sitting off to the side here that I have every intention of reading, want to read. Um, but I'll tell you what, this is going to sound funny. Being grounded, you know, not being on international flights, not running all over the place to conferences kind of put me behind on my business book reading list because that's where I would tend to settle in more and read a good business book would be on those long haul, long haul flights. So I can, I'm with you there. I want to ask you because you, again, we've well established, you just give so much of yourself to so many places. You are such an accomplished business person yourself. Uh, What are the tips to making sure you're not driving your family crazy? (laughs) Because I know (laughs) your family life is also very important to you. (laughs) It is. And, you know, and and it's, uh, you know, when you start up as an entrepreneur, uh, you feel, or, or I felt anyways, that you had to be in there 24-7, right? Uh, and you felt the more hours you put in, the better the success or the better the outcome. And that is, you know, nothing further from the truth. It just doesn't work that way. I didn't learn that uh, early on. I, it took me a while to learn that. Luckily, I have a very patient wife. She's also high pay, though, so she, she understood it very well. Uh, we've got a great family network and a great family support. So we you know, were fine, but it was actually Bill Gates, and it was a session I had. Uh, I used to work with Microsoft, and it was a CIO session. It was like I don't know, 10 or 12 people in the room, and he said it. And he said, look, you know, I used to work a lot, and then I took one day a week off completely for non-Microsoft-related work. And he said, during that one day, I've had some of the best innovations that have then, you know, come back into Microsoft. So uh, one day of not being in the business really helped. And so I did that myself and I, mm-hmm. you know, we're, I, I'm in Edmonton, so it's, it's cold, not all the time, but <laughs> many, many months. Uh, and so we have a hot tub. And so I pick Friday and Friday would be my hot tub day, right? I'd go sit in the hot tub and I had this uh, floating device that I could, have my laptop on it and I'd use a laptop to search on the internet, you know, <laughs> different ideas and all that stuff. And, uh, and I enjoy you know, the odd cigar. So I'd have a cigar there. And so wait, I, I'm, I'm so sorry. I have to, I have to roll you back for a second. So you're in the hot tub with your laptop on a floating, a floating thing yeah. with yeah, your cigar like it, doing your business. Yeah, like it makes sure that it won't flip over or whatever. I can imagine your wife coming around the corner, snapping a picture and sending it to her friends going, yeah, I love them. This is what I got. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Oh, well, thank you for sharing that, that part of your story. And and our time comes up very, very quickly on, on these interviews. But if somebody wants to reach out to you, tap your brain or has a great business to refer to for your new accelerator how can they reach you? Where should they go to find out more? LinkedIn is the best. And I'm, and I'm pretty active. Like I'll look at it, you know, at least once a day. Uh, so just my name, Ashif Mauji at LinkedIn, you'll find me. I'm, I'm probably the only Ashif Mauji there there is. <laughs> well, and we'll have your information in the, in the notes. So thank Perfect. you so much for just coming and, and talking to us about all of these things. And um, <clears throat> so I just have to ask, what's your favorite hockey team? It's got to be the Oilers, nothing but. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Ashif, thank you so much again. And to our listeners, 
if he shared something with you that you think somebody else needs to hear, or there's a connection that you think needs to be made here, reach out to him. As always, if you think there's a disruptive CEO that I need to speak with, send me a note at connect at allisonksummers.com. Until then, keep your eye on the future and always be disruptive. Thank you. Thank you again. Thank you. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.